Well, I knew I was coming to Orange Country. Amen. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you and we bless your name. We thank you for just the opportunity of just being able to worship you, to study your word, to be in fellowship with other saints. Lord, to glorify and to honor your name and what a joy it is. Thank you for Pastor John. Thank you for Hillcrest. Thank you for just them putting this Bible conference together where people can once again get back to just the preaching and teaching of your word. Pray in the name of Jesus that you would touch us even now and use us as your instrument. Speak to our hearts and touch us, Lord, from on high. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, we're grateful to be here again tonight. So thankful um, for the opportunity that I've been given just to come and to share. And thank God for being able to share with uh, Pastor Jeremy. I'm going to have to leave right after I preach. My wife's sister passed away, and then uh, the gentleman that travels with me and sing passed away. So I have two funerals Friday and Saturday. Um, just need to get back to. So y'all keep our families in your prayers. Uh, but again, so thankful. Thank you, Pastor John, for just this opportunity. There's a word this morning, 1 John chapter 1. And I want to read for you here in verses 5 through 10. 1 John chapter 1, and verses 5 through 10. 1 John chapter 1, verses 5 through 10. When you have it, say amen. amen. These words are recorded in the Living Translation. This is the message we heard from Jesus and now declare to you. God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. So we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing the truth. But if we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sins. If we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. If we claim we have not sinned, we are calling God a liar and showing that his word has no place in our hearts. I want to preach about this morning, true love, love after lockup. Love after Lockup. It's unbelievable. It's a con. It's fake and fraud, but it's definitely not reality. I was struck when I saw on TV a show that actually calls itself a reality show, Love After Lockup. I mean, how can you say that you have fallen in love with somebody who's already locked up behind bars. It's another one of the hype from Hollywood, this love after lockup. Well, I must admit, y'all, I'm definitely not a Hollywood fan. And yet God had to teach me something and really humble me that not only is it a reality and a fact, but it is our reality. 
Every last one of us who are born again, blood-bought believers in Jesus Christ, it is our reality that God loved us after lockup. The truth be told, brothers and sisters, he loved us before we were locked up in sin. Even in the Garden of Eden when God created Adam and Eve, and the Bible said that it was good, it was very good, that everything that God created, no sin existed. God loved us before we were locked up. And then God loved us even after we were locked out from his grace because when Adam sinned in the Garden of Eden, the Bible says that God is going to put them outside the garden, put an angel there at the entrance, and yet God still loved us when we were locked out from grace. The Bible says before the foundation of the world, a lamb was already slain. But here is the good news. God loves us even now while some of us are still on lockdown because of sin. You see, if the truth be told, brothers and sisters, some of us are still on lockdown. Um, we are still caught up in our issues that we are dealing with. Now, I got to be honest with you, I, I do feel a little uneasy. Uh, Brother Jeremy said, I thought you were preaching in a suit. I, I didn't want to get dressed up before I left the hotel. I didn't think I would make it here this morning. <laughs> and yet, brothers and sisters, I'm not the only prisoner in here this morning. The truth of the matter, all of us are sinners saved by grace. The only difference is you see my colors very clearly. Oh, brothers and sisters, that's what I want to uh, share with us this, this morning, that since the true love of God really liberates, we ought to keep the colors but change the prison. Since the true love of God liberates, aren't you glad that his love have set us free? I mean, I couldn't have planned it better this morning. Every song, thank you, minister, uh, that was leading us because every song shackled by a heavy burden beneath the load of guilt and shame. But how many know he touched us? What a difference it's made. His love has set us free. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And that's what I love about John because from his gospel, even to his epistles, even to Revelation, he talks to us about the love of God and the fact that it can liberate and set us free. And yet John reminds us several things this morning in his epistle and I'll share it with you and then I'll let you go. First of all, he shares with us simply, we need to stop lying about our sins. We need to stop lying about our sins. Uh, I call this a prisoner with a past. It's, it's the great cover-up, y'all. First uh, John chapter 1, verse 8, if we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. You see, I believe the greatest struggle that oftentimes we find in the church, the reason why it is hard to attract others to the church is because we have too many self-righteous hypocrites within the church that make it seem as if we have never done anything wrong. We've been holy all of our lives. Matter of fact, we came out the womb with a halo already on us. 
We've never gone any place, never done anything that we ought not have done, and we make folks feel as if we have no sin. And yet John is going to remind us uh, the obvious is there, y'all. Uh, all of us are sinners. All have sin. If we say we have no sin, we are fooling ourselves. We're denying the very obvious. Psalms 51 verse 5, David is going to say, Behold, I was born in sin, and in iniquity was I shaken. Now, now, now how many of us have been born in here this morning? I don't see any hands, but all of us have been born. Unless y'all got another way in East Tennessee, y'all coming to the world. And because all of us have been born, all of us are sinners. And yet we try to act as if that we're so much better than everyone else. Matter of fact, Proverbs 16 verse 2 says that all the ways of a man are pure in his own eyes. But it's the Lord who really weigheth the heart. You see, we need to stop lying about our sins. Matter of fact, matter of fact, verse 10, John said, if we claim we have not sinned, we are calling God a liar. I don't know how it worked in your home, but, but here's the way it worked in, in our home. Mama would say that we did something. And if we said, Mama, I didn't do it, Mama would say, boy, you calling me a liar? <laughs> and you're caught in a twix. And yet John says, if we say we have not sinned, we are calling God a liar. Truth of the matter, every last one of us in here, we are prisoners with a past. We've gone places we shouldn't have gone. We have done things we shouldn't have done. We have said things we shouldn't have said, drunk some stuff that we shouldn't have drunk, smoked some stuff that we shouldn't have smoked, laid down with folks that we shouldn't have laid down, took stuff that was not our own. I don't know if I've hit your list just yet, but the truth of the matter, every last one of us have done something wrong. What God is simply saying this morning, confess your stuff. Confess yourself. Be honest with yourself. Humble yourself before God. Say like David said in Psalms 51, create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew the right spirit within me. I recognize that I'm a wretch. I'm done. Matter of fact, be honest even with others and ask them to hold you accountable. We must confess our stuff. See, I believe that's the first step to true revival. The first step to really seeing God work is when we get right with God. Um, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven, heal the land, and forgive them of their sin. Confess your stuff. And Baptist folks, we don't like to do too much confessing. And yet here's the good news, Psalms 103, the Lord has not dealt with us according to our iniquity. But he is long-suffering as far as the east is from the west. Oh, brothers and sisters, aren't you glad that God is a God not only of a second chance and a third chance, but he's a God of another chance. If we confess our sins, he is willing to forgive us. And so confess your stuff, confess your stuff. Stop lying about your sin. If you're here today and you have never accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, today is a good day.
confess your, confess your stuff. But not only stop lying about your sin, John says to us, we need to stop living in our sin. We need to stop living in our sin. Look at verse 6. So we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing the truth. Now, I call this a prisoner with a problem, a prisoner with a problem, because this is the great compromise that oftentimes happens within church. You see, verse 6 is not a sinful sinner, but it's a struggling saint. Verse 6 is a person that looks like a saint, and yet they are living like a sinner. Somebody that know how to come to church and go through the motions, and yet they are walking in darkness. These are the dressed-up deceivers, the compromising church folks, the two-faced hypocrites who have not conquered their habits or laid down or overcome their skeleton. Do you know some folks like that? I mean, when, you, when they're in church, you would think that they are the most righteous folks in the world. Oh, they come with hands lifted up. Hallelujah! But all, if only you could see them behind closed doors. If only you saw them when nobody else was watching them. And yet, brothers and sisters, what we need to understand, not only have God saved us from our sins, but we must die daily to our sins. We must crucify the flesh. Matter of fact, Galatians says it ought to be a daily crucifixion. That is what sanctification is all about. That if we say that we have fellowship with God, we ought not keep living in sin. We need to stop living in the midst of our sin. So not only confess our stuff, but we must consecrate our soul. We must say, Jesus, I, I want to be more like you. I want to live more like you. Sanctify me so that every day, whatever it is, break the habits and conform me into your image. Isn't that what Paul said in Romans chapter 12? Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do I do it, preacher? You got to get in the word of God. Because how can a young man clean up his ways but by taking heed to the word of God? Hide his word in your heart that you might not sin against him. How do I do it? you got to surrender yourself to the Holy Spirit. Be not drunk with wine we're in excess, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I will give you the Holy Spirit, that he will lead and guide you into all truth. How do I do it? Surround yourself with support. Oh, make sure that you have somebody that can ask you the hard question, somebody that can hold you accountable because how uh, the Bible said that, that as iron sharpeneth iron, so does a man sharpen the countenance of his friend. God is simply saying we need to stop living in our sins. We need to stop living in our sin. And aren't you glad he's a habit breaker? Aren't you glad that he is able to overcome whatever issues that you are facing Stop living in your sin. Stop lying about your sin. Let me give you the last one, and I'll let you go. Start, start loving despite your sinfulness. Start loving despite your sin. Verse, verse 7, verse 7. I, uh, again, I've been pastoring Baptist Church for 31 years. I think God put verse 7 in here just for Baptist folks. Um, if we are living in the light as God is in the light, 
then we have fellowship with each other. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sins. I call this a prisoner with a purpose. Prisoner with a purpose. You see, the great calling upon each of our lives is God, despite our sinfulness, has given us a purpose of working together, of living in the light walking in the light it is a life of truth the life of transparency it is a life of in his word of saying that I am not perfect but I do have a purpose and because I have this purpose now I can live in the light I can live in the light and not in darkness and living in the light just as God is in the light. I can live like God. I, I can be holy and sanctified and righteous. And as even Pastor Jeremy said last night, we can bring honor to his name because of the fact that we are now walking in fellowship with God. But here's the thing. If we're going to walk in fellowship with God, if we're going to live in the light, if we're going to be like God, here's the indicator John gives to us. He says we will have fellowship with each other. We'll have fellowship with each other. We'll live in cooperation with other individuals. Sometimes it seems as if it's the hardest thing in the church for church folks to work together of church folks to get along. We do more fighting inside of these walls than we do outside of these walls. And yet I'm hearing what John says. How can we say that we love God whom we have never seen and then hate our fellow man whom we see every day? John said, if that is the case, you are a lie and the truth is not in us. So how do we do it? How do we do it? How in the world can we love everybody? Can we accept everybody? Can we have fellowship with everybody? How can we bring down the walls of hostility that divides us and really come together and work together in cooperation? Can I tell you how to do it? Look what he says there. The blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin tell you how I do it, y'all. The truth of the matter is, all of us are dirt. We're dirt. That's, that's, God took us. He formed us out of the dust of the ground. We, we're dirt. We're, we're dirt. Now, I, you, you might be some high-priced dirt, and, uh, um, but, and, and some folks might be some low-priced dirt, but, but guess what? We're still dirt, whether it's brown dirt, white dirt. Uh, we're still just dirt. Doesn't matter what we put on, spray on, we're still just dirt. But here is the wonderful thing, that at the cross of Jesus, the ground is leveled. At the cross of Jesus, his blood washes all of us of all of our sins. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood. Thank God for the blood. The same blood that saved me is the same blood that saved you. And because of that, God is saying cooperate with the saints. 
cooperate with the saint. Let's stop the pride. Let's stop looking down on each other. Let's come together with true fellowship with each other. Let's work together. Let's pray together. Let's witness together. For together we can impact our community. Together we can rebuild. Together we can share the gospel and the love of Jesus Christ. Together we can heal our land, overcome our differences, fortify our family, sweeten our relationship. All God is saying, let's work together. Let's work together even in the tragedy that have, have taken this area this week alone. Oh, this is a time for the church to shine the brightest, cooperate with the saints. And so thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank God that he loved us. Thank God for the true love that truly liberates us from all sin. And, and, and make, make sure you underline that in verse 7, he has cleansed us from all sin. Sometimes we Baptist folks, we, we, we have different kinds of sin. You know, we, got, we size it up, we colorize our sins, you know. But here's the good news, God has cleansed us from all sin. And I praise God for that because according to what Paul said in Ephesians chapter 2, God loved us. We were locked out, brothers and sisters, because by our very nature, we were subject to God's anger. Like everybody else, we were locked up. We were dead because of our disobedience and our many sins. We were living in sin like the rest of the world. We were on lockdown, y'all. We were obeying the devil, the commanders of the powers in the unseen world, the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refused to obey God. Then you get down to Ephesians 2, verse 4, but God. But God, rich in mercy, but God, while we were yet sinners, commanded his son Christ Jesus to die for us, but God. Sent Jesus to die on an old record. Anybody glad he died? Oh, I'm glad that by his stripes we have been set free. He died that Friday and was buried in the grave. But the good news is he rose with all power in his hands. He rose with all power in his hand. And because of Jesus Christ, because of Jesus Christ, somebody come here. Let, send, send. But thank God I'm free. Thank God I'm free. No longer bound. No more chains holding me. My soul is resting. And it's a blessing. I'm free. I'm free. But here is what, what I struggled with, y'all. I, I, I thought to myself, well, what do I do with the suit? Now that I'm free, what do I do with the suit? God says, keep the suit. Keep the colors on. Keep the colors on. Why? Because I don't want you to ever forget where I brought you from. I don't want you to ever forget the darkness that you were in, the depths of sin, the degree of the addiction that bound you. And somebody every now and then, thank you, need to have a flashback of where God brought you from to remind you of how good God has been to you. Keep the suit. 
and remind us the fact that, yes, we are still prisoners. But here's the good news. We have changed prisons. We're still a prisoner, but we have changed prisons. No longer a prisoner to the flesh, but now we are prisoners to the Father. No longer a prisoner to the liquor, but now we are a prisoner to the Lord. No longer a prisoner to immorality, but now a prisoner to integrity. No longer a prisoner to the junk of this world, but now a prisoner to Jesus Christ. Aren't you glad that we're no longer bound by the casinos and the clubs and the corner, but now we are sold out to Jesus Christ? And I thank God this morning I'm free. Thank you, Jesus, for setting me free for a love after lockup. And that's what ought to be our prayer. The Lord, I'm yours today. I'm yours today. Use me as your instrument. I'm yours today. Cleanse me and sanctify me. Use me to be a witness to somebody else. Can I tell you why I'm glad I'm a prisoner of Jesus Christ? I'll tell you why I'm glad I'm a prisoner of Jesus Christ. You see, when you're a prisoner... They tell you when to get up. They tell you when to lay down. They feed you three times a day. But here's one thing that I love, brothers and sisters, and that is folks can come and put stuff on your books so that you can have something while you're there. Aren't you glad that Jesus has put something on our books? Aren't you glad that great is his faithfulness, that we are not consumed because morning by morning, he keeps putting something on our books. He keeps taking care of us, showing each one of us that he loves us unconditionally. Father God, thank you for your love that have set us free. Thank you for freeing us from our addictions, from the sins that bound us. Pray in the name of Jesus now that we will stop living in the midst of our sins. You know who we are, God. Help us not only to overcome, but help us to cooperate with others, to walk in fellowship, that as a church, it would be known around that we're prisoners, but we're prisoners of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.